So as uh, Rabbi Linder shared with us at the beginning of the service, tomorrow evening, as we say goodbye to this Shabbat, we will be saying hello to the new month of Elul, the final month in this year of 5779. So welcome to the 80s. I feel like you, can, you could dress appropriately on Rosh Hashanah, I wouldn't mind. So hopefully you saw the video message that Rabbi Linder and I sent out this morning. If not, you should follow us all on Facebook, <laughs> sharing some ways to engage in the rich spiritual practices of this month. If you haven't yet, let me give you a brief summary. Elul is seen, as we've heard, as a month of spiritual preparation for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the days of awe. It's an incredible gift, the chance to spend a whole month reflecting on who we are, who we want to be, and what matters most in our lives. And it can also be pretty challenging. They're not called the days of awe for nothing, which means that preparation requires a little bit of effort. Now, Jewish tradition offers us an array of spiritual tools for the month ahead. Daily recitations of the 27th Psalm, a way of centering ourselves on divinity. Listening to the shofar blast each morning as a call to awaken to our better selves and who we need to be in the world. And of course, these days, there are a wide array of modern tools for reflection. Email listservs with daily writing prompts, text message services that will give you a meditation every day. You can even elul along at home by following different rabbis on Instagram. Not me, I'm not that good. <laughs> and yet, despite all of this spiritual technology, I think many people can find the month of elul in the 10 days of which follow, to be a little overwhelming, maybe a little daunting. To be suddenly asked to do the deep work of figuring out who we are and how we have erred, and to be working towards some kind of metaphorical divine deadline. 40 days from now, the gates of repentance will close. What will you have to show for yourself by then? or to feel in some way that our fates hang in the balance based upon our own abilities to turn enough towards our better selves. This feeling is, I imagine, much like the way our ancestors might have felt as they received from Moses a litany of blessings and curses contingent on their proper behavior. This week's portion of Re'eh opens with those blessings and curses, the command from Moses that the people look at their options and make a choice as to who they'll be, what reward they will receive for their behavior. And it is certainly one mindset that we might carry into Elul. Figure it out or else. Make the right choice, because the wrong one will destroy you. Change now. But I would hazard a guess that this kind of approach makes the task ahead that much harder, 
makes us that much less likely to want to engage in spiritual growth. So I looked this week instead for a different way in to the powerful potential of this month of Elul. And, shockingly, rather than find it in the Torah in here, I found it in the Torah that lives out there, the Torah of our everyday lives, or in this case, the Torah of tennis. Be prepared. This is, you know, we're going to hit you with some serious stuff over the next month. This is a fun sermon. I have been watching with utter fascination and sporadic weeping the unfolding U.S. Open tournament. Really? How many people have been watching? Yeah, okay, good. Particularly the women's singles. And I want to propose to you that this week in women's professional tennis has given us all the clues we need for how to make the most out of Elul in the models of three incredible women. Number one, Coco Goff. She took the tennis world by storm when she made it to the third round of Wimbledon last month. And yesterday, she played and won a grueling three-set match to make it to the third round of the US Open. Coco is 15 years old. So the immediate lesson, of course, is that there is no right age for us to reach for our goals. You are not too young to allow a lul to transform you, nor are you too old. But this remarkable young woman also taught me another lesson this week about how to navigate this month. After she finished her match, she was asked in an interview about how she felt about the next one, where she will be playing top-ranked defending U.S. Open champion Naomi Osaka. Goff did not say a word about how intimidated she might have felt. Instead, she said, well, I'm playing doubles tomorrow, so uh, I guess I'll worry about the next match on Saturday. Coco teaches us, focusing on the difficulty of the challenges we will face can keep us from facing them at all. We will tackle Saturday's match on Saturday. Today is for what today brings. Elul is a month long, and if we were to think only of who we're meant to be at the end of it, we might never show up for the journey. If, instead, we see that a month is just one day at a time, 30 times in a row, we might find a path forward, one uncluttered by the anxiety of difficulties that have not yet arrived. Number two, Taylor Townsend. You're all gonna go home and Google these women if you haven't seen them before. 23-year-old Taylor, was the top-ranked junior girls tennis player in the world in 2012. She was then asked to sit out of the 2012 US Open Junior Tournament because tournament officials felt that she weighed too much. So, despite an illustrious junior career, Townsend had struggled in the past seven years to find her footing on the professional stage until 
yesterday when she beat reigning Wimbledon champion Simona Halep. Townsend won with a style of play called serve and volley, which for those of you who are new tennis fans like me, basically means you hit the ball as hard as you can in the serve, and then you run to the net to try to face off your opponent before they can respond. It's a bold way of playing, and it's also really physically taxing. Think about all that running back and forth. In yesterday's victory, Taylor Townsend ran to the net 100 times. Now, she had played Halep before. In the interview after her match, she was asked what was different this time. Her response, last time I played not to lose. This time, I played to win. Taylor teaches us, growth takes grit. Getting where we want to be requires phenomenal effort, running to the net over and over again, despite what others say or assume about us. And mindset matters. There is a world of difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. This allure will be hard because change is hard. Yet when we run toward it, when we approach it with our goals in mind, when we see who we might become, what we might accomplish, what we might give to the world, when we strive towards our own greatness, we become invincible. And finally, number three, Serena Williams. Serena is one year shy of both the first two players' ages put together. She won her first Grand Slam tournament in 1999 before Coco Gauff was born, when Taylor Townsend was just three years old. Williams is arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. And I better not get emails from you guys. Rabbi, how dare you bring your opinions onto the poll? Just, well, just go with me. After 37 years of life, 23 Grand Slam singles titles, four Olympic gold medals, and oh, by the way, giving birth, she is still playing dominant tennis. When Serena and her sister Venus began to play, though, they were some of the few black women in the sport. When she won that first U.S. Open in 1999, Serena was only the second black woman ever to have done so, the first being Althea Gibson, 41 years earlier. Taylor Townsend's story, Coco Gauff's story, Naomi Osaka's, Madison Keys, Sloane Stevens, all the young black women still playing in this U.S. Open, they do not exist without Serena and her sister. Serena teaches us, when we move with grace through a world that might not yet have space for us, when we move toward our own power, when we move to create change that seems close to impossible, we plant seeds for a beauty we may not yet know can be real. The work you do this Elul is not just for the year of 5780. 
It is for your lifetime. And it is for the benefit of the generations who come after you, whose stories cannot be unless you make the choice to become the truest, most real, most courageous version of yourself. So this final Shabbat before Elul, before the spiritual journey begins in earnest, I invite you to, just this once, lay aside the harsh admonitions of Moses and turn instead to the Torah of life as it's lived, the Torah of Coco and Taylor and Serena. May you enter this month of Elul knowing this, you are never too young or too old to try to be your best. You can take each day, each challenge as it comes. Growth takes strength and courage and grit and time. And above all, you are only now writing the opening words of future stories yet to be. The beauty will unfold in its time.